The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG brand management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Freak God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey, bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted. Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes in a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV Fitness Foodie experience, visit Zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit Zorosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on podbeam.com and visit patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Aren't the droids we're looking for. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Hi, hi. Uh, 
Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, and yes, even you Transdotions. You're welcomed on the NFL Podcast because this is an inclusive podcast. And this is another edition of the new Force Order. We're a Star Wars podcast and we're coming to you tonight with a plethora of news, tidbits, information. We're here to entertain you. We're here to inform you. But most importantly, we're here to share our love about a galaxy far, far away with each and every one of our fans. Yes, all six of you guys. But first, Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the OV. H to the OV. No, I'm just kidding. My name is the Greek god Papadon. I am a professional wrestler, multi time champion in a galaxy far, far away, current heavyweight champion. Not only one, not two. But three, that's right, three promotions at the same time. Looking to make it more. Hopefully when this COVID thing comes to an end, I'll be stacking uh, gold belts like uh, Doc over here used to stack the ladies. But you can call me GGP. Ah, to the Greek, Greek. Ah, ah, ah. We have a force Sith ghost on this podcast. He's tuning in. With his transistor radio made out of coconut shells. And... <laughs> He's part of the Witness Sith Witness Protectors Program. Uh, him, uh, some guy named Palpatine, uh, Steve Martin, and uh, uh, what's that other dude's name? Henry, oh, Henry Hill. No, Henry, no Henry, Henry Hill. He's in there too. Sammy the Bull and uh, Rick Moranis. No, it's not my blue heaven. It's uh, our favorite Sith Lord of the podcast, big guy. Hit it with a hey, yo, and then introduce yourself. Hey, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the Dark Lord of the podcast, the Sith Ori, the Rampaging Revan Kiss, the Butcher, your boy, Dark Spiridon. And last, but certainly not least, because he's always number one in our hearts, he is the man with the plan. No, his name's not Stan, but he does have a hand. That is a Kung Fu grip that likes to collect toys, but with that Kung Fu grip, he likes to steal your thunder, and he does it very well for a medical droid. Introduce yourself, sir. I am smarter than 2-1-B, more technical than FX-7, the god of stealing thunder. And the man who just today realized that Star Wars is about one family fucking the whole galaxy with their drama. Alex Arroyo, Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo, my bad, I blew that spot. <laughs> your dog spot. It's okay. It's your dog with peanut butter. It's fine. It's your dog. Anyhow, uh, is it a liver that's, spot? That's gross. No, it's my dog spot. It's my bald spot. It's, uh... it's okay. Doc, I still love you, my man. How are you? Well, good, brother. Chilling, man. Tired, tired, tired. Aren't we all? We're tired of the nonsense, the shenanigans, the propaganda, the BS. 
But that's why we venture to a galaxy far, far away. And that's why we share it with you guys to bring some uh, hope into your lives. And Doc, what do they say about hope? Rebellions are built upon hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. That's right. But we're not here to rebel tonight. We're here to excel. And no, not through spreadsheets, but we're here to excel with some tidbits of news, some speculation, responsibly that is, a little bit of uh, sexual Nintendos, if you will, because blowing in games isn't the only thing Spiro going to be doing all the way from Exegol. But we're here to entertain you guys. So let's not drag this any further. Uh, we have a segment on this show. We're going to start off with a segment called... Uh, Feel it, baby. Mark Hamill's funky tweets, cause uh, it's Marky Mark and the funky tweets. You feel his good vibration as he hits you with 140 characters. You know, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, aka uh, Mark uh, Wahlberg, once uh, looked at Doc about maybe 10 years ago and asked Doc, hey, Doc. Where do you get your wonderful toys? And he looked at him and he says, Shut up. I'm a Yankee fan. Go back in the fucking car and go get your fucking shine box. And go get me a burger. Salute, Tommy. No more shines, Billy. What? I said no more shines. Maybe you didn't hear about it. You've been away a long time. They didn't go up there and tell you. Uh, I don't shine shoes anymore. Relax, will you? What's, what's, what's got into you? I'm breaking your balls a little bit. That's all. I'm only kidding with you. Sometimes I mean, you don't sound like you're kidding. You know, there's a lot of people around. Honey, I mean, I'm only kidding with you. We're having a party. I mean, I just came home. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I'm breaking your balls, and you're right away you're getting fucking fresh. I'm sorry. I don't mean right. to offend you. I'm sorry, too. It's okay. No problem. Okay. Salute. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mother! You, you fucking piece of shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let him go. And he did. But I digress. And now you can't. Now he still makes burgers. Yeah, well, I'm not either going to confirm or deny that. I got that from an outside third-party source, so we can't confirm that. So take it with a grain of salt. But uh, again, I digress. Marky, Marky Hamill. Yes, you know him. I know him. We love him. Um, he goes on this thing called the Twitter, and he enlightens the fans with his 140 characters. Well, what happened was it was a video that went viral, Doc. And this video was very awesome, to say the least. Uh, it was about a dog. No, not Chewbacca. Not my dog spot? Not your dog spot that you blew your peanut butter. But um, it was a dog that was sitting on the couch, and he was watching A New Hope with his owner. And they are at the scene where Darth, Ma Darth Vader makes his appearance. And you see this dog jump behind the couch. Like a scaredy cat. This dog sold better than any Alvin Alvarez match, Joey Tell match. This dog sells better than most of these independent hack jobs that they call themselves wrestlers on the indies today. And he had two ears too. Yeah, well, isn't that funny? But Hamill forwarded this tweet and he, he tweeted, and this is why it's the funky tweets. Smart dog. I only wish I thought of hiding behind the couch when I first met him. But on bum, 
You can follow him at uh, Hamill himself. What do you think, Doc? Clever? Always clever. Listen, Mark Hamill's a, he's a, he's a smart guy, clever guy. I saw he did a video with a comedian, uh, Bert, uh, Brett Kirschner, Kreischer, where he was on a plane with him, and he was naked behind him. Kreischer was, I don't, I don't know, it looked a little weird. I, I kind of scrolled on after I saw that bad boy. But uh, Wait, hey, scrolled on meaning like you gush, gush, gush? Yeah, yeah, with of little, course. With a little bit of... Of course. I pulled out my white lightsaber. Nice. The flesh color. Very, nice. Very nice. I like to hear that. Well, Doc, let me ask you something. Uh, as we go through the news, certain news we don't like to do, certain news we do like to do. There was one article in particular that I saw that I knew you wanted to touch base on. As bad as uh, Father O'Malley or Father Nelson wanted to touch on the little altar boy, you wanted to touch on this article. So I figured we'd share it with the people. So I'm going to pass it to you like Stockton to Malone. Why Luke joined Palpatine in Star Wars Legends, but not Return of the Jedi. So take it. Oh, okay. So this is a good one. Um, and I know the reason why it's throwing it to me is because it's one of my favorite comic series out there. And it is a... Uh, like I said, Stockton to Malone. I'm, I'm going to go dunk it now, mailman style. Um it's it all revolves around the uh, the Dark Empire, which is the the comic book series that Dark Horse produced um, in I believe it was ninety one through ninety five, Dark Empire trilogy, um, looking at you know the 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 Sith and what happens to them after the uh, the events of um, Return of the Jedi, and a lot of people were upset that in this situation. Luke actually turned. I'm gonna. I'm doing my air quotations now. Turned to the dark side, um, in his uh, apparent corruption by doc, by a uh, doctor by Emperor Palpatine. Sometimes he should be a doctor. Can I ask you a question? Yes, Before sir. Continue. Was this turn to the dark side as glorious as your blue steel turn? It was not as glorious as my blue steel turn. Uh, and what Papa Don's referring to is my uh, interview and. Uh, appearance on the CNN program this week. Uh, look for it. CNN special report. The truth about vaccines as Dr. Desroya stares out the window of his home, blue steely, thinking about measles. It was great. On the B-roll. And that's how you do a Stockton to Malone segue to get your shit in, kid. That's right, boy. With, without burying your opponent. Go on. Get the shit in. Okay, so Luke's actions and dialogue in Dark Empire reveal that he mainly joined Palpatine as a means to defeat the Dark Empire and the dark side from within, believing that he could not defeat the Emperor directly. Luke never truly fell, but rather attempted to deceive the reborn Palpatine by feigning allegiance to the Sith. As one of the most brilliant beings of the galaxy, Palpatine saw through Luke's ruse and attempted to genuinely corrupt him. Luke's plan was risky, even by his standards, but it was successful in one regard. Luke sabotaged the near invulnerable world devastators, allowing the New Republic to destroy them and save Mon Calamari from destruction. So people were pissed off that this had happened. Uh, but if you look at the events of, of uh, Return of the Jedi, um, you know, Luke, for a split second, contemplates joining the Emperor. Uh, joining the Emperor. He contemplates destroying his father. Strike him down. Um he stares at his hand after he chops off his hand. He looks at his, uh, you know, at Vader, who's looks up at him. He's all like deathly and looks all like decrepit and shitty. And I think for that one split second, that that thought, like 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 rode through his head. It's like, 
should I do this? Can I do this? I should do this because it will make me powerful. But then he stopped. So Dark Emperor really took that little seed and built into a, into into a bigger story, a bigger nugget. Um, and it, you know, unfortunately, it's not it's not canon. You know, it's considered the uh, legends, aka the um, expanded universe stuff. AKA but, uh, like aka the exactly, which is probably less than the Revan because we're actually talking about it. Um, so I encourage you guys if you have not read that story, it's in trade paperback to grab it to get it. And I really hope within with the announcement la- two weeks ago of the Black Series Star Wars comic book characters that they had the the uh, the, the non canon legend characters like uh, the Bunny Rabbit, not Bad Bunny by the way, who had a pretty good showing at WrestleMania. Um, crazy. Um, and um, Shirtless Maul and Luke from uh, one of the other comic series and one of the Empress Royal Guards from the Crimson Empire series. Hopefully we get a action figure form of this Luke from Dark Jedi. We got one in three and three quarters probably 20 years ago. We need another. Please, let's get it going. Petition Hasbro. Um, real quick, that bunny. That green bunny with the red and white suit. Yeah. That kind of looks like Beast Boy from Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a funny feeling I have no news on this whatsoever. But one thing you know about GGP, he's like... Nostradamus. Nostradamus when it comes to Star Wars. Because I'm pretty spot on with my guesses. I have a funny feeling this rabbit is going to be one of the main characters in Taika Waititi's movie. Uh, you said it last week. Um, did I? You did. And uh, CTE. Sorry, CTE. CTE. And, and, and that's when I compared it to, to Jojo Rabbit, which is clearly a different movie. Um, it's possible. I mean, it, it's the, the, he's got a lot to expand from. And if he wants to run a comedy kind of movie from there, he could definitely do this. He actually was online recently and said, I don't know if it was an article or Twitter or whatever. He says, I'm a fan of Star Wars, and I want to apologize now that I'm going to ruin it. <laughs> so I don't know if it's tongue in cheek or Pop. he's just he's subliminally telling people, hey, I got to play ball or else I'm not going to get paid. So or, who knows? Or, or he's telling the fans who we know are fucking fickle bitches that, uh, yeah, I apologize because you're going to complain no matter what I do. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. There's fickle bitches fans in Star Wars. Are you, is that, that's 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 preposterous. Yeah, it's preposterous. That's ludicrous. Hey, ludicrous speed. Go. Fucking true. <laughs> Wait. What happened? Where are they? I don't know, sir. They must have hyperjets on that thing. And what do we got on this thing? A Cuisinart? No, sir. We'll find them, catch them. Yes, sir. Prepare ship for light speed. No, no, no. Light speed is too slow. Light speed too slow? Yes. We're going to have to go right to ludicrous speed. <gasps> ludicrous speed? Sir, we've never gone that fast before. I don't know if the ship can take it. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? Prepare ship. Prepare ship. For ludicrous speed, fasten all seatbelts, seal all entrances and exits, close all shops in the mall, cancel the free-range circus, secure all animals in the zoo. Give me that, you petty excuse for an officer. Now hear this. Ludicrous speed. Sir, hadn't you better buckle up? Now buckle this. Ludicrous speed. Go! Man, so did you, you? You love this Dark Empire thing, right? I did. I, I I talk about it like every other show. It's it's one of my favorite series. Get on it, because worth I'm, worth the read. You know what? To be honest with you, though, uh, 
I wasn't when I when it first came out. I kind of didn't like the fact he joined the uh, dark side and the emperor, you know, survived because of cloning or whatever. And that's since transformed. <laughs> lo and behold, twenty years <laughs> later. Lo and behold, another deadly episode. Um, I didn't like the effects. I felt like it cheapened Return of the Jedi. And uh, not even so much the, the clone part, just the Emperor returning and Luke actually giving in. Um, so I guess from a certain point of view, now you can read it knowing that it's Legends and doesn't really count. But, uh, you know, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I mean, if you're going to stick to your guns, stick to your guns. Even like, for example, when I watched episode two the first time. I was kind of pissed that Dooku was a former Jedi, now a Sith Lord. I was like, "What the? F- that's that's Vader's gimmick." Now they just yeah. watered down, di- but then they laid they not retconned it, but they added to it where he left the Order because of politics and disagreeing with the Council, and went back to his home world to become a Count and run it. So he didn't just turn heel; he just quit and said, "Ah, I take my ball, I'm going home," and then jumped and went to another Federation, which happened to be. Uh, Sith Championship Wrestling. So, anyhow, I digress. But uh, if Doc tells you to read it, get off your ass, put down the Cheetos, and read it. Because Doc knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Am I right, Doc? That's right, That's right baby. This is why I'm all over the news. Especially CNN. <laughs> and we know who dropped the, who did the voice drop for that, right? No, who did the voice drop for that? Uh, oh, wait. James Earl Jones. That's right. Darth Vader himself. Who Star Wars didn't wish a happy birthday to. Another black actor they snubbed. Yeah, dude. And they didn't do that to uh, Carl Weathers either. Oh, God. That's three. So, that's three in a row. Three strikes are It's like up. the fucking Tuskegee experiment right now. <laughs> We're living in it now, buddy, with this uh, COVID vaccine. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you something, Doc. We were Please. talking about uh, canon. And we're talking about stuff that's of legends, like Dark Empire. We weren't talking about Revan, clearly. No, who talks about Revan? Nobody. I mean, Spiro, what's your what, what what's your take on Revan? Come on, guys. Is this what you live for? To torture me? Revan is canon. Get it through your heads. Well, Spiro, I got another question for you. To back up that question, how does Revan's balls taste? Just curious. Asking for <laughs> asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. <laughs> So, <laughs> we, we we know they're not cannonballs. <laughs> Spiro must listen to the show every week. He's like, "I'm oh, these motherfuckers are gonna say about me this week." <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, Spiro, we love you. We miss you, my man. All right, so. Recently, rumors have surfaced that allegedly on Disney Plus, it's look, looking to release a show that was called or is going to be called Star Wars Detours. Now, you might say, what is this, a driving show? We're going to have a pod racing show taught to us by Helen, Cav- Helen Keller and Stevie Wonder, maybe a little Ray Charles. No, that's not the case. It's a CGI animated show originally produced by Lucasfilm Animation. Now, according to the Vulcan Reporter, and no, not the Academy, not Triple D, not, not John Enright, 
because those guys have their their heads so far up each other's asses they can't see a news article coming from a mile away. And what happens is, shout out to the Academy, by the way. Um, the show would reportedly be released as a surprise on May the 4th. The site also claims that around 52 episodes and specials of the show are fully completed. Originally announced back in 2012, Star Wars Detours was created by George Lucas himself, the architect, in collaboration with Robot Chicken creators Seth Green and Matthew Ian Senreich. The show was set off, uh, was set to offer a comedic take on the events set between the prequel and the original trilogies. Clips were initially shown from the series, which boasted an incredible voice cast consisting of names of Joel McHale, Cree Summer, Seth MacFarlane, Gray Delise, and Weird Al Yankovic. The show would also feature franchise vets like Anthony Daniels, Anthony Daniels, excuse me, and Billy D. Williams, who would reprise their roles as C-3PO and Lando Calrissian, respectively. Well, what do we have here? Thank the maker, Doc. You excited about this? If this is true, so what? I, we we had heard about this show previously before. Oh yeah, um, this is not the first time that they talked about the show. Um, I just didn't realize that they had 52 episodes in the can already. Like, who produces 52 episodes of a show and never releases it? Uh, it doesn't make much sense to me. You know, was, was this a, a, um, a casualty of the Disney buyout? The Disney was, was Disney like, ah, forget it. Um, I know you're midway through the show, but we're not going to release it. So just stop working on it. I, I don't know. Regardless, do you think, interesting. Do you, do you think Brandon Miller's mom? Can uh, sue him for copyright infringement for having so much in the can. <laughs> I think I think she has a, a valid case over there. She might want to call Salino and Barnes. That's right, Barnes. <laughs> Barnes is dead. Hold on. 888 They changed the number recently. Oh, did they really? Yeah, because uh, they had broken up as a law firm. They and, broke uh, up. Yeah, they broke up first. A while the ago. fat boys. Now this. It broke up a while ago, and um, they were fighting over the numbers. So w what they decided was that one would have it for two weeks, and then they would switch it over to the other law firm for two weeks. So they'd go back and forth. And then once they figured everything out, Barnes dies in a plane crash. Oh, oh wow. How coincidental. Yeah, exactly. There's no such thing as a coincidence. That's right. When they smoked this fire, brother. Wow, he killed his partner. <laughs> Allegedly. He will be one of them. Yeah. We're going to get a cease and desist tomorrow. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, so, Doc, do you know a guy by the name of Domla Gleason? Domla Gleason? Uh, no, I've never heard of him. Play it, Hux. Domla oh, Gleason. play Hux. That guy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Hux. You should have said Hux to begin with. Thanks. Sorry, did I bother you while you're cleaning up your soiree over there? No, I'm making a mess, I know. So what about anyway, Hux? That little he, he had an interview recently, and they asked him his take on the rise of Skywalker and the criticism the film is receiving. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because it's a slow news week, and a lot of the news that came out this week isn't really news. So let's play a little trivia, Doc. Okay. What do you right. think he's going to say? Um, he's going to say, uh, this is one fan particularly, 
His name is Spiro A. Period, who consistently emails me and texts me and messages me on Twitter to fucking absolutely bury me. How did you know? Um, I do a hundred and five, eight episodes of a podcast. It's it's hard not to know. So um, he tells IndieWire because they asked him. Uh, the film made a lot of decisions that somewhat unpopular with the fans. And he tells Donald Gleason tells IndieWire that those decisions had to be made in order to keep the movie from being too long. Plus, he agrees with the decisions that were made overall, according to Gleason. And I quote, <laughs> like he went to Harvard. No, and I quote, the film is what the film needed to be, I think. There's always stuff that would like that you would like to see more of. But you can't have a 17-hour film, I've been told. Apparently, that's not allowed. So I was happy with what was there. Um, to me, after reading this quick article, they asked him as well. Hold on a second. There was another quote. He says, Evacuate in a moment of triumph. Yeah, it would have been nice to stick around a little bit longer for sure. I would have been nice to see the spy thing play out a little bit. But J.J., meaning J.J. Abrams, knows what he's doing. And I heard a kind of gasp in the cinema when it happened. So I guess he was right. This is by far the most goddamn PC answer I've ever heard. Yep. Someone's trying to get booked in more uh, bad robot movies. Just about to say that someone's trying to get booked in more Star Wars shit. That's what you know. Let, let's do a Hux spin-off. No, let's let's not do a Hux spin-off. We're good, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna pass. Did you uh were you happy with that character? Do you think they dropped the ball when they made him like a buffoon? Uh, it was I don't know. Again, it, I feel like it was he he had some gravitas in, in Force Awakens and then became a total idiot in Last Jedi, and then suddenly does this heel turn, you know, this 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 double swerve. In Rise of Skywalker, which I don't know if it made any more sense. I mean, you could see it coming a fucking mile away, but still not. Uh, I don't think it did his character any justice. Well, this movie, unfortunately, had a lot of road to, to, to cover. A lot of uh, mending to do because it wasn't only the end of a trilogy. It was the end of a nine saga epic conclusion, which is very difficult to do in a short amount of time. Hence why it should have been two different movies. I agree. Part one and part two. I totally agree. Um, but news came out this week. We've heard this before, but I guess people are harping on old news because there really isn't much because we're right around the corner from May 4th and everything's being saved for Star Wars Day. But Star Wars 9, The Rise of Skywalker, once called The Duel of the Fates, Original plan had two big Mandalorian connections. Now, Doc, do you want to gander on what those connections are? One of them was going to be that they were going to show uh, the birth of Grogu coming straight out of um, Yoda's neo-vagina. No, probably not. Okay. Uh, Beskar. Beskar. I remember Beskar. Okay. Survey says. Am I right? Ding, 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 ding. Kylo's new mask. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Now, Kylo is supposed to get a new mask to repair his face because his face gets burnt through uh, 
through uh, they don't find a wayfinder, they find a holocron, a Sith holocron, which is basically the same fucking thing. But regardless, um, and the thing blows up, and as it blows up, the energy scars his face really bad. He gets like a Beskar mask, like put on his face, attached to his face. And allegedly, the best car, obviously, being from the Mandalorian, we get to see more within the series. That's connection number one. Connection number two: one of the Knights of Ren was supposed to be carrying and using the dark saber. Oh, so that you know, we all know. Th- no, we all know what the Knights of Ren are. The Knights of Ren are cool-looking background characters. Did nothing, unfortunately. Um, but I don't know if I, feel, I don't know how I feel about the dark saber because. The whole premise of the Knights of Ren was the one guy had the saber. He was the leader. So if another had a, I had oh, a saber, right. yep. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think it's, again, too muddled. Let's not get fucking crazy. Thanks, but no thanks. And we're going back to an old Star Wars movie like we just did. Um, do you know some leaked photos of Pedro Pascal's show and or just leaked? Pedro Pascal's show or you mean... Um... Uh, the other guy, Mexican guy, Diego Luna. Oh shit, my bad. That's right, dude. You're fucking racist. It's not being being racist. It's just you got, got your beaner, you got your beaners mixed up. Next is gonna be like Homeboy eighty eight show, uh, Andor. Wait, queer eye for the straight guy. Weepa. <laughs> um. So <laughs> the Andor set the Andor set photos show the Empire at a familiar Rogue One location. Do you want to gander where at? They were in and around Jyn Erso's uh, Death Star exhaust port. Dude, that is hilarious. But I know as you're saying that, a little tear came down your eye because you wish you were there. I do. <laughs> With your little X-Wing. Pew, pew. <laughs> so, listen, all it takes is one X-Wing to bring that down. Don't worry. <laughs> little or not, I'm going to get my shot off. <laughs> uh, Twitter user at David in the Force One uncovered evidence that Andor is filming a scene in London's Canary Wharf station. Now, the image shows several extras wearing white Imperial military uniforms similar to Krennic, indicating the Empire's presence in this series, which is obviously a no brainer because they're running shop. Uh, yeah. But this is the same station that was used in Rogue One. Uh, our former producer, favorite star wars movie that he's never seen but um pretty interesting this is where they they had that train station i think when they were running with k2so when they had the plans yep so any thoughts Uh, they well they also showed some of the uh the imperials standing back there with those white krennic outfits as well i just said that and some people have speculated maybe krennic will be making a return and what's his name the mendelssohn guy um hmm I don't think so. I hope not, because then it kind of cheapens when they meet in Rogue One, which was a really, really good spot and a really good scene. Um, could he, liver spot? Ducks, exactly. Liver spot. Clearly, he was alive during that time, and clearly he was involved in the Empire. Um, so could he make could he make an appearance? Yeah, he could. But I think keeping their interaction to a minimal would probably be smart. I buy that for a dollar. Yes. I've bought a lot of other things for a dollar. But that actually would be well spent, in my opinion. Uh, 
more news about former Star Wars movies. Episode one, we had a character. You like to call him Bale, Bal, fucking Bale, Boner from fucking Growing Pains, whatever you want to call him. It's, his name is Bale Organa. But did you know that Jimmy Smith was not the first person to play this role? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Who was it? Jimmy Enrico Tag- Palazzo. Enrico <laughs> Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. No, uh, there was an Irish actor. His name was Adrian. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, that's right. Adrian Dunbar was initially cast as Organa. His lone scene was cut and his character's name was changed to Bale Antilles. George Lucas told Dunbar to try an American accent on the day of filming, and Dunbar's accent wasn't convincing, so he casted the TV star Smiths for the role. Talk about unlucky charms, huh? No shit. (laughs) It's funny because uh, when he tried that American accent, Liam Neeson, who's also of, like, you know, Scottish descent, was like, dude, that's the worst American accent I've heard in my entire life. You need a certain set of skills. Yes. You don't have it. So he got bounced. He got pretty pissed off, I think, also because Lucas had promised him that he, his role was going to be expanded in the upcoming, uh, you know, two and three. And unfortunately, he found himself a potato short of getting there. <laughs> Tremendous. So, uh, Doc, are you a sneaker guy by any chance? Uh, listen, I, I dabble in the sneaker stuff because it gets real expensive and I have a lot of other horrific expensive hobbies that I got to deal with. Like unfortunately, hookers. like hookers and, and, and blow, you know, I got the Charlie Sheen disease. Um, but my son, massive sneakerhead, man, the kid always, always, all he is about is about sneakers, tricks and basketball. That's it. And Xbox. Um, but I saw these new, these new Star Wars sneakers are coming out. Now, listen, between me and you, Pop, there's a lot of companies that have the license to do Star Wars products. Like a lot of companies, um, and more and more are coming out with shoes. I saw Adidas, you know, recently had some shoes that were out there. We saw like the the Boba Fett boots, that Chewbacca shoes. They look all look fucking terrible and ugly. And like Reebok had them at one point. Uh, they're just like all over the place. Like everybody is doing a Star Wars shoe. Uh, it's, I feel like Kanye West out there. Um, but the new ones that are coming out are made by whom? I can't remember. Was it? Uh. Help me here. Bro, you just said Reebok, Adidas. What else is left? Nike, fool. Nike. Nike's doing them? Hey, they're fool. Doing, they're doing that little, that little Nas X shoe? <laughs> you hear about no. that shit? Yeah, but that, he, supposedly they're not part of it. They're suing no, him for it. Of course they are. And they're trying to get them off the market. But anyway, so Nike is putting out, um, now finally, putting out some, uh, some Star Wars sneakers. Um, I think one of them is going to be a Boba Fett shoe. Boba Fett? Boba Fett, Boba Fett Where? One of them is going to be a Bosque shoe. And then, of course, they're going to do a Vader shoe, which I don't know, it doesn't fit in with the Bosque and the Boba theme, but okay, whatever. Um, they're based off uh, one particular model of Nikes that have like a zip up on the side and they have like all these little traps and whistles and all over the place. Um, now, listen, the sneaker game, I say now, listen, why, by the way, a lot. I noticed that when I listen to the show. The sneaker game. It's like if you have the ugliest sneakers, you win, I think, because sometimes they're really fucking ugly and they're terrible looking. The Vaders don't look so bad, 
the bosks are as you would expect them to be like orange and bright and then the and the bobas are also got those green and the reds and all right here's the question pop would you wear them nope <laughs> nope i was looking at them and my kid was looking over my shoulder he's like those are fucking ugly and if he says they're ugly they're pretty fucking ugly yeah but here's the deal they're selling for a buck 50 which isn't a lot for for sneakers but when they when they sell they when they sell. sell yet so the secondary market i'm pretty sure it's going oh, to be gonna jacked up to shreds because people are going to want to buy them just to have them. Yep. You probably could flip them for an easy three bills. Yep. So that's the way it always is with this stuff. I mean, I see stuff flipping immediately when it comes to that. You you, you sent me that uh, Optimus Prime that has um, uh, voice commands where you could talk to it and it'll transform and it'll speak to you and it'll do different poses. Came out. I was sitting on the website. It was seven hundred bucks, and I'm like. Should I buy this? I was like, I really don't. I really don't need this. What am I going to do with it? It's going to sit somewhere. I'm never going to fucking look at it. I'm going to pass on it. And it sold out probably within a half hour on Hasbro. And then the eBay auctions for it were ridiculous. Some guy was selling one for $7,000. No one bought it, but they were trying to flip it for 10 times the price he paid for it. Yeah, but let me ask you this. You wouldn't buy... An Optimus Prime that transforms itself for seven hundred bucks. But, but would you? But would you buy a realistic retractable lightsaber? I would buy a realistic retractable lightsaber. And if it does the things that a lightsaber does, you name my you name your price and you can take my money. Well, Disney Parks chairman has teased a realistic retractable lightsaber. You see. His name is Josh DiAmaro, and he has revealed that Disney is bringing that galaxy far, far away, just a little bit closer, as he recently showed the press a realistic, working, retractable lightsaber prototype that may be coming soon to a Walt Disney World Disneyland near you. Sorry. I'm busy. <laughs> The virtual presentation was focused on the reopening of Disneyland Resort in California, upcoming Disney World attractions, and the opening date of Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure. At the end, DeMauro lifted up his new lightsaber, turned it on, and said, It's real. It's real. It's, it's damn, damn, real. damn real. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. No, nah, he just said it's real. Before the video ended, according to the press that were in attendance, like Spectrum News 13, the way the light activated from the hilt was similar to how lightsabers activate in Star Wars films. While no pictures or video of this new lightsaber has been revealed, portfolio creative executive and studio leader for Walt Disney Imagineering Scott Trowbridge shared the news by saying, a lot of questions today about whether the lightsaber that Josh DeMar revealed today was real or CGI, and whether I'd share photos or video. Yes, it was. Is really real. And not yet. No further details have been given. Um, and that's it. So, well, and people are speculating that this may tie into the. Um the Disney hotel that they're having where they're supposed to have some kind of game oh, yeah, yeah. like in the room. But we talked about it last week where some kind of like weird, 
um, video game that they're also going to try to use that technology with the Buzz Lightyear stuff that they have coming out as well. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? It's possible. Um, we saw a couple of months ago that weird YouTube science team that does a lot of crazy science experiments that they had made a retractable working lightsaber out of like some ultra flame kind of thing that was burned super hot that they were able to cut through metal and cut through other shit, but it also ignites like a lightsaber. I don't know. Maybe they got their hands on that stuff. Who knows? Maybe they have an R and D team that's working on some kind of crazy fucking technology, but let me tell you how the world would be turned upside down. If these fuckers actually made a functional and affordable lightsaber. Could you imagine? Listen, right, right to the bank. I'm going, but look, I look at my kids and say, you ain't going to college, guys. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let me make some pizzas. Um, <laughs> if you ask anybody who has a brain in their head, if you can have one weapon from any movie, what would it be? Ten out of ten times, a smart individual with an ounce of common sense and a decent... A fiber of well-being would say lightsaber. No questions asked. Not a fucking samurai sword. Not a blaster. Yeah, not a Thor hammer. It's a lightsaber. Now, if they're able to replicate this, whether or not it's real to the point where it can cut through anything or it's just a retractable light beam that goes in and out and I got one of those already. I needed to cut or something. Oh, I don't know. But regardless, it this definitely make you know, this definitely makes you go, oh. So you know, I'm down. I'm definitely down. And to me, any anything regarding a real lightsaber is over. And speaking of over. Never gets old. I got my wife doing it now, by the way, too. What? Putting and you over? Speak, it's about time. I wish. I, no, she says, and speaking of over. Anytime somebody says the word over. Nice. So, ladies and gentlemen, I know what you're saying. I don't understand what these two guys are babbling about. Well, it's <laughs> real simple. I'm a pro wrestler. Doc is a, is a doctor at these wrestling events. And we speak in wrestling terms. Why? Because it's our podcast. We do whatever the fuck we want to do. Uh, so, what does it mean, over? Well... When you're becoming a wrestler, you have to make an emotional connection with the fans. And when you do make that connection, you become what people will call popular in layman terms. Not John Layfield term. Shout out to him for going into the Hall of Fame, but layman terms. So we speak. Who's layman? I don't know. Bradley Reyes? I don't know. That's true, too. So, uh, when you're a wrestler and you're a good guy wrestler, you become popular, you get over with the crowd. Now, when you're over as a good guy wrestler, you're known as a babyface wrestler, you're over as a babyface, people will pay a lot of Imperial credits to come see you kick the crap out of the villain. Now, when you're over, which means he's popular, so stay with me on that one. When you're over as a villain, you're known as a heel wrestler. So you get something called heat from the crowd and the people detest you, they loathe you. They want to see your head on a spike. Like, just like uh, a Stormtrooper in a Mandalorian episode. They'll pay a lot of Scott Ole some c- to come see you get your ass kicked. And what we do 
We don't to throw the two combatants in a ring and watch them grapple and see who goes over. We compare two aspects of Star Wars. Whether it's a person, a place, a thing, it doesn't really matter. And we see what is more over or who is more over with you, the fans. All six of you guys. But most importantly, who's more over with us. So, Doc, enlighten these scruffy nerf herders and let them know what's on the marquee, sir. This week, we, uh, we talked a bit about this last week, actually, for that list that we were doing. So, we, we decided to bring it full cannon. Wait, dog looking, list? My dog list? Oh, sorry. My, my, do- my, my shopping list? Um, my list of demands? Uh, so, we're looking at two particularly not very loved movies in the Star Wars franchise. We're pitting episode one, The Phantom Menace. I can't believe there's still slavery in the galaxy. The Republic's anti-slavery laws are... The Republic doesn't exist out here. We must survive on our own. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Has anybody ever seen a pod race? They're pod racing on Malastar. Very fast, very dangerous. I'm the only human who can do it. You must have Jedi reflexes if you race past. Don't do that again. Versus episode two, the attack of the clones. What's wrong, Annie? I... I killed them. I killed them all. They're dead. Every single one of them. And not just the men, but the women and the children, too. They're like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them! Shall, shall we go? Hop on those poles like your name was Bubbles. To the poles. You used to blow bubbles glass. when you were a kid? Did you blow bubbles when you were a kid? I, I saw never hung day. out with Michael Jackson. So. Saw him the day. He misses you. All right. Um, <laughs> here we are. Let's see. Who's Moreover? Okay. Uh, with a resounding 66 to 33%, The Phantom Menace is over on Facebook. Let me give you the comments over here. Hold on. Holly Garland. It's okay, episode two. $20 is $20. <laughs> As if it stood a chance. Zabrak with the double blade for the W. And she also drops a uh, a gimmick from Robot Chicken here. Let's play it. All right. Are you an angel? What? What? The deep space pirates talk about how beautiful angels are. No, I'm not an angel. Are you a fairy? Fairies aren't real either. Are you an elf? <laughs> so that was on Facebook. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Instagram. Uh, on Instagram. Ooh, same exact, uh, same exact poll. Sixty-seven to thirty-three percent for uh, episode one, baby. Episode one is over, man. That's amazing. I think it's the first time episode one ever ever won anything. Well, ladies and gentlemen, regarding this matter. Of the, of the show, this segment, or any other segments that we do. 
whether it's Marky Mark and his funky tweets, you've made the list from a certain point of view. Doc's specific and exclusive toy sh- uh, toy review show called Top Toyin on YouTube. Um, send us an email. You can tell us how great we are. Tell us how bad we are. Let us know who you pick, why. Just want to talk shop about whatever, whenever, related to Star Wars. The email address is newforceorder at yahoo.com. Now, let's go to our first email from none other than bum 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 Hey, fellas, like Palpatine, somehow I've returned. And like the fan base, the reaction is pretty mild. (sighs) But I just had to chime in when the Phantom Menace is on the docket. Being half your guys' age combined, the prequels were my Star Wars. And regardless of the film's actual quality, it was my kickoff point. So while CGI Jar Jar has aged... About as well as CGI Scorpion King, the film, (laughs) well played, Brandon, the film still boasts some of the highest points of the prequel trilogy. Here's a Jericho list for you, GGP. Number one, pod racing. Number two, Darth Maul. Number three, Qui-Gon Jinn, and in parentheses, Brandon says, my favorite Jedi. Number four, Darth Maul. Number five, Darth Maul with a hood on. Number six, hologram Darth Maul. Oh, another six because he did 66. Duel of the Fates featuring Darth Maul. And number seven, Darth Maul. Have a great. I see a pattern coming over here. Yeah. Have a great week, fellas. And one last thing I saw the Marksman this week in theaters and didn't know our own Greek god Papadon was in it. I didn't want to tell anybody, but what made you think it was a good idea to try to kill Liam Neeson, pal? Listen, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. So hopefully I, I got a lot of more than 20 bucks after my uh, agent took his cut. But I'll find out in about a week or two. Uh, next email, Louis or Louise Fuller. Hello Louis, there. I Louise. I think it's Louise. Chick. Louise, hello there. General Kenobi. <laughs> so, it's Padme's Hedo Paradise versus Kenobi's Camino Confusion. It's a hard choice. As I generally enjoy both films, but I am choosing Attack of the Clones. Cringy romance element aside, it's pretty action-packed story which moves things along considerably. Super Sleuth Kenobi, Sand People Slaughtered, Django Boba, Battle of Genosis. I felt Phantom Menace dragged a lot more. Although Darth Maul battle was the Darth Maul battle more than makes up for it in the end. And the subject of the prequels. Do you think Lucas should have made a sequel trilogy instead of at that point in time? The original actors would have been young enough for a Good post-OT story and could have still had another trio of movies set around the time of the recent trilogy. Or 
On the flip side, do you feel that the story of young Anakin's rise and fall was ultimately most important story to tell at that time? Love the show. Louise, Ipswich, UK. Well, cheerio. Good on you, Governor. Fancy that. Hip hip studio. UK listeners. What's going on here? Uh, so, Doc, you, what do you think? She, should we have done an old, uh, sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy? Yeah, I see where she's coming from, but but Anakin's story of how he rose Anakin! and fell, <laughs> I think, is was George's intention from the get go. Um, there was no hey, way hey, hey. Uh, Dominic Pace. Oh no, not that get go. The get go. Uh, Sorry, I'm yeah. slurring my Shout words. Shout out to Dominic Pace. Did gangbusters in Hawaii with his uh, signing. So anyway, go on. Uh, so uh, there's no way George was going to give that up. There's, uh, George had that in the bag and planned for a long, long time. And he was basically just fine-tuning that story and wanting to tell that since 77. So, you know, 20-year, 20 20-plus 20, 20 year gap for him to do that was definitely going to be his story to tell regardless. Agreed. I, I think... Would I have liked to seen a sequel trilogy made? Of course. Because of course. We, would still, we would still have the actors maybe 10, 12 years older than the last time we saw them. Maybe even 15 years, 14 years, whatever. But... 83 to 99 was... 16, 16 years. years? Yeah, but they filmed... That's, the, they, that's all it was? Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm getting old, man. You are old. I know. You stare out at the window looking for, for, for something to happen. I don't know. Anyway, um, so would I love to see, let's say, the Heir to the Empire trilogy or something to that effect? Um, yeah, that would have been awesome. But I feel the prequel trilogies was much needed because we needed to know the story of the fall of uh, the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. Now, there's certain things I would do differently in the prequels than that were done, and I love the prequels. I would say yes. Number one, I wouldn't I wouldn't have made Padme that much older than Anakin. Yes. I would have made him the same age, or maybe yep. a year apart. Right. So let's say you still cast Jake Lloyd, who I thought did a fantastic job as young Anakin. Then Padme, unfortunately, wouldn't have been. Um, Natalie Portman, don't you dare Natalie Portman. My girl, man. <laughs> Maybe in episode two, but in episode one, a younger chick. Or you cast another boy to be a little older. Uh, I would have had the aliens in the Trade Federation speak in alien as yep. opposed to the Asian dialect. <laughs> and would you like uh, some uh, Mugapan? <laughs> oh, George, you're like the green Sanyang guy. Um, I would have 86 Jar Jar. Um, totally, eh? Mm. Yeah, I would have 86 him, meaning that now if we had to retcon it or try to do like a Snyder Cut type of scenario, I would give him a different voice, limit the slapstick silliness, like stepping in poo. Pantapudu? Pantapudu. Um, and. You know yeah, exactly. Make him um, a, a dime store Roger Rabbit. Exactly. And uh, I would definitely change the dialogue. Because unfortunately, the dialogue is very wooden. 
but that's because it's George and he's not a good dialogue writer. I think the premise and the storyline of the prequel trilogies is genius. How Palpatine laid back in the cut, played both sides against each other, capitalized on the situation, manipulated everybody and their mother. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Because <laughs> in my head canon, he's the one who manipulated the Minochlorians in Shmi's tummy mm. to make that baby. So, um, That's the Midahorians. <laughs> the Midahorians. That's tremendous. The Midahorians. That's a new fucking six six women tag team on the Indies now. <laughs> and they and they only are a mid card. <laughs> uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can send an email to newforceorder at yahoo.com. Um so moving forward, Doc, is a show coming out. Wait, we, we have we haven't given our uh, our opinion on who's moreover. Oh shit, you're right. <laughs> Hold on. First and foremost, let the Sith Force Ghost in the room go first. Uh, age before beauty. So, uh, Mr. Sith Lord, who's more for you? Episode one versus episode two. Who is moreover? Guys, I think this should go without saying. I mean, I think um, episode two is obviously everyone's seems to be everyone's least favorite movie of the prequel trilogy. I don't think it's as bad as most people make it out to be, but I agree. I think it's the most inferior one of the three films. Um, that said, obviously, you know, Jar Jar Binks aside and whatever other bullshit we've all complained about, I think The Phantom Menace... I mean, it introduced Darth Maul, for fuck's sake, okay? Um, episode one is more over with me, guys. Uh, there's not much really to, to get into here, guys. I think it's a no-brainer. I think episode one will win by a landslide. All right. Another enlightening soundbite by the synth lord. I guess uh, over is his speciality. Because we dare know canon isn't because Revan's not canon. But I digress. <laughs> All right, who talks first? I talk first, you talk first. Who wants to talk first? Go for it, big guy. Episode two, hands down. Greater than episode one, in my opinion. Moreover, everything in episode two is better. The opening scene, Dexter's diner. I like Dexter. Well, what do you know? Uh, Django Fett versus Obi-Wan. We get to see Boba Fett. We get to see Slave One. We get the seismic charges. We get to see the Jedi's versus the the uh, the robots, the Roger Rogers in Geno Genosis. Um, it was a great movie. A lot of action. A lot faster paced than Episode One. Does Episode One have great content? Absolutely, absolutely. Pod racing. Liam Neeson. Ewan McGregor. Um, Maul. And uh, Palpatine, everybody. Um, but there's certain things in episode one I really detest. Mainly Jar Jar Binks. So it just takes me out of the movie, unfortunately. Not that I hate episode one, but I love episode two a lot more. And at first, it wasn't the case. But when I recently watched it, I went, wow, this is a much better movie. Corny romance scenes and everything. But again... Let's deep dive into this. It's not bad acting, and it's not the wooden dialogue. 
it's the uncomfortableness between Padme and Anakin. Anakin that makes him that makes everybody uncomfortable watching the scenes. But realistically, you're a 19 year old man in the Jedi uh, temple or the Jedi Council or the Jedi whatever, and you haven't been with a girl to where. The only woman you thought about for 10 years, the last 10 years, every day of your life, is the only <laughs> girl you met 10 years ago. And you went I thought through you were going to say his mother. <laughs> and then you went through puberty. And even though age-wise you went, and body-wise you went through puberty, and you could see where Padme looks at him and goes, oh, Annie, you have grown. <laughs> <laughs> that was so awkward. Annie? My goodness, you've grown. So have you. Grown more beautiful, I mean. <gasps> My but... Annie, you've grown. <laughs> That's when Dak looks at his wife and goes, call me Annie. Um, <laughs> so uh, the whole premise is that it's supposed to be awkward. He's a 19-year-old kid going through puberty and talking to a girl for the first time. If you've seen any, any hint, <laughs> Star Wars fans at, at, at any Comic Con. Oh, God. It's the same premise. It's like art imitating life and life imitating art. So to me, I chalk it up to that because that's how it's supposed to be. In real life, you had a 19 year old virgin who's never seen a girl, never been with a girl. And the only girl he knows and cares for is the one girl that he hung out with 10 years ago and then finally sees her. Of course, he's going to be very awkward. He don't know how to talk, how to act, how to walk, how to move around her. And it kind of fits the bill. But anyway, that's my pick. Episode two. Doc? Tough choice this week. Um, I think, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, there are good things and bad things about both. And there are a lot of good things, but there are a lot of bad things. So for me, it's it's basically which movie has the least amount of bad things. Um and it's going to be episode two for me, just like you, which is odd because our, you know, our, our viewers, our listeners voted episode one. I, I don't I don't understand the hate on Attack of the Clones. We talked about the dialogue and the, the uncomfortableness between Anakin and Padme, Anakin! Which, which I get. But like you summed it up perfectly. It's like the dude's a 19 year old kid who knows nothing about women. And he's been whacking off to this, you know. A spank bank of Padme in his head for the last 10 years, which I have as well, too. But, <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't steal my own thunder. Um, I'll bury myself. So you expect that to happen, and that's just going to be a normal progression. But I think the amount of cool things that happen in episode two definitely put it, put it just a little bit more over than episode one. Yeah, you had Maul. Yeah, you had Liam Neeson, you had that great death scene that none of us were expecting. I remember watching it at theaters when he pops up the saber and plunges it through his chest. I was like, oh shit, they just killed Liam Neeson. It's like when um, Samuel Jackson bit it on that shark movie when you thought he was going to be the man and the shark jumps up and bites him in half. Um, it, it, it was gripping from that standpoint, but that whole Jar Jar thing. But the whole, like you said, the voices on the, um, on the, on the aliens, on the Trade Federation aliens, and a lot of kind of weird, odd things that kind of happen in episode one drags it down. Episode two, Kamino scene between Django and Obi-Wan. Fantastic. Um, Geonosha's battle. Fantastic. Beheading of Django. Awesome. Um, 
midriff Padme Amidala. Please give it to me all day long in that tight white suit. Yes, baby, I love you. Um, opening scene where they're flying through the air and they're trying to track down Zam Wessel. So many really great spots in Star Wars that they did in that movie. I think it f- for sure overshadows some shitty dialogue here and there and some awkwardness between Padme and, and, and Anakin. Um, episode two over. I even like the Coruscant scene with the cars and everything. Like in the beginning opening scene, yeah. they're going after someone. It's Star Wars, but it's almost like Jetsons meet the Star Wars. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Yeah, and it, it was like very Star cool. Wars. It did. It definitely did. Um, so there you have it, folks. Next week, we'll hit you with another who's more over, and hopefully you guys will all chime in, all six of you guys, and then we'll uh, we'll have a grand old time. And maybe um, you could somebody could suggest a who's more over that we'll do for you know the future. You know what? Somebody who has never suggested a who's more over, someone should someone should have suggested. It just came to me: prequels versus sequels. <laughs> That's anyway. a great idea. I'm glad I thought of it. Um, so, our show is coming out in December, Doc. Uh, maybe you're familiar with the character named Boba. I think I've heard of him. Now Boba T. I love that stuff. Now Boba Gump, and the shrimping stuff it's boba fett and he's not a librarian but he does have a book and it's called the book of boba are you familiar with this thing that's coming out on i, I am yeah of course listen disney plus baby we'll be there i'll be paying my money every 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 month why see see a next see, see, see another x <laughs> always <laughs> I'm, getting, so, I'm getting i'm getting close to the end yes i know thank I god am. so we all know and it was We're mentioned that, that, that Din Djarin is going to make a cameo in Boba Fett because he's supposed to be some connective tissue with all the series of the Filoni-verse. But a new uh, rumor has come out from Jordan Mason from Cinelinks.com via Kessel Run Transmission that we're going to see some other reoccurring characters from the Mandalorian that we're familiar with. Um, do you want to gander at who it might be, Doc? Uh, yeah. Um, I think they talked about that. We may be seeing an appearance by Mayfield, an appearance by uh, Cobb Vanth. And Grief Karga. And Grief Just Karga, like Disney, yes. you forgot the black guy. Way to go, oh, Doc. sorry. Yeah, no, my bad. They matter, those lives. Um, I was uh, uh, happy to hear this, especially for the the Mayfield thing, because I really think that uh, um, Bill Burr did a fantastic job of um, acting in The Mandalorian, and he is going to be a uh, a fixture, hopefully, in the Disney in the Disney Star Wars Filoni verse. Do you think Cobb Vance still going to have that great head of hair? And he has to. I'm going to shave it. That'll be that'll be a slap in the face. <laughs> like Beckham was, shaving his head. Who has a better who has a better head of hair, him or Lucas? That's rough. I'm gonna go Cobb Vance. That would, maybe we should do that for who's more over <laughs> next week. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, at least it's not a fucking rock. Um, thank God. Speaking about Boba Fett, you know he's a bounty hunter. I'm sorry, say it again. 
I said, speaking of Boba Fett, you know he's a bounty hunter, right? Of course. And you know there's other bounty hunters out there in the galaxy. One of them is one of the most savage bounty hunters of all time. No, not Randy Savage, not the Macho Man, but none other than Bosk. Transocean boy. And because this is an inclusive podcast and we include the Transdotions, did you know something's going down in Bounty Hunters number 11? Yeah, Bosk is going to get himself uh, targeted and hunted down, which is going to be great. Uh, I saw the cover for that for that uh, book, and um, he looks pretty gnarly. He's got his tongue out. He's licking his lips, and someone's going after him, and someone is insanity for going after Bosk. Who do you think it could be? I don't know. I'm hoping it may be this Dirge character that we talked about before from the Tartoski uh, show. That would be a good battle because that guy's all armored up and a badass. So I would take that one in a second. You would take the dirge? Yep, I'll take the dirge. That sounds who a lot th- dirty. Who, who are you thinking? Who are you thinking? Uh, this is after Return of the Jedi. So I would have to say uh, maybe a hut. Mm, interesting. Maybe. I don't know. Who else could it be? I mean, Black Sun? They still around? It's possible. It's possible. So basically what's going on is this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Bosk, he's a savage bounty hunter. Um, the, the series itself, Bounty Hunters, is, is going to be heading up for an, an, uh, an event. Basically a war amongst the bounty hunters. There's a bounty hunter by the name of uh, Bilart or Bilart Valance. And he's set on tracking Boba Fett. Who's delivering the frozen hot solo to Jabba the Hutt? He ropes in Dengar, who's willing to help him on his mission. Meanwhile, Fett's, Fett's former mentor, Bosk, is stuck in the in the great hunt of Malastare, where he essentially and easily kills a hunter. But the hunt isn't over yet. Bosk will have to face the mysterious figure behind it all and the book drops april 14th which is tomorrow or today because we're recording late so pretty pretty uh pretty interesting to see where they're gonna go with all this uh yep i just pre-ordered um the uh the bounty hunter book alpha which has a really awesome cover um from scorpion comics which is one of my uh my comic dealers that's in long island um, which if you, if, uh, he, they, they don't have a shop, they have like a little garage they work out of. They, they, they're not, they're one of these online comic shops that, that don't have a, um, like a brick and mortar, but they do a lot of like expensive, crazy covers that are coming out. And this cover is pretty dope. I'll show it to you right now. Um, and it'll be the thumbnail for our, our show this week, which is even better. Um, here, here it goes. Look how beautiful that looks. That's, that's gorgeous. That's beautiful, right? That's very gorgeous. That's beautiful. It's by Sarah Pacelli. You did the cover. Looks fantastic. We'll be our uh, a cover art for, for this episode. Well, speaking about covers, um, Marvel is dropping a wraparound cover, alternate yes. covers, uh, with Bosk, Boba Fett, IG-88, um, on the new War of Bounty Hunters comics that are coming out. And the covers are going to be done by a guy by the name of John Cassati. 
or John John Cassidy, 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 excuse me, known for his work on such titles as Astonishing X-Men and Star Wars, acclaimed artist John Cassidy, uh, Cassidy will return to a galaxy far, far away this June with a stunning set of variant covers spotlighting the franchise's most legendary bounty hunters. The connecting piece will grace the covers of all five issues of Star Wars, the bounty hunters, I'm sorry, Star Wars, colon, War of the Bounty Hunters, the upcoming limited series by Charles Soule and Luke Ross, uh, not Diana's brother, will uh, <laughs> will serve as a centerpiece for the high anticipated War of Bounty Hunters crossover event. And like I saw the covers, fantastic. Yeah, they're beautiful. Oh, it's um, beautiful. What is that, velvet? It uh, oh. it basically replicates the um, the scene with uh, Boba and the bounty hunters on the Executor, where they're all standing next to each other. IG eighty eight for Alam Zuckus, Dengar, Boba, um, Bosk, the whole crew. Um, and Cassidy does a very realistic style. He first kind of came to fame when he did Captain America during the whole like um, World Transitor bombing around that time, where Cap was was moving on to the War on Terror. And his art is fabulous. Um, he's one of my favorite Cap. Captain, actually, this is funny. I joined some Captain America page, like on Facebook, like a you know, Captain America appreciation page yesterday. One of the questions was, name your favorite Captain America artist. And I was a toss up for me between Mike Zek from the 80s. Um, I was just about and, to say Zek, dude. And, uh, and John Cassidy, who were both my two favorite I, Captain America I artists. I know, I know, without even talking to you about this, what your favorite cover from Mike Zek's run is. It's when he's fighting Wolverine. Oh, with the slashing of the claws! Yes, Amazing. awesome cover, fantastic. Dude, cover. I just bought, and it hasn't come in the in the in into my house yet. It's probably still in transit. Hopefully, I didn't get ripped off. It's a replica cover of that black and white, eleven by seventeen. Arthur Adams did it. Nice. See? And you know how me, I'm a big Arthur Adams. Yep, mark. yep, yep. And I bought the hard sleeves. I'm gonna put it on my wall. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, um, you know what? Uh, people have. Not been looking forward to herpes, yes, but you know what else? No, uh, the high republic. Oh, there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of hate for it. Um, I don't know if it's warranted, I'd rather have herpes, but Disney, I'm sorry, Lucasfilm itself has been getting a backlash of negativity, like a big typhoon, a tsunami wave of negativity on social media. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, to to the point where they're getting their ratio dislikes to likes for all these weekly weekly uh, videos that are dropping, talking about the High Republic, that they haven't used any of these accounts in over a week. They went dark. They went silent. Yep, they went dark. What do you think? Um, <laughs> smoked this fire. They smoked this fire. I think Disney's in trouble. I think they are really worried about. You know how much they've invested into this High Republic, and that nobody really fucking cares. You know, the book dropped. A few people were, you know, very keen and hot on it, like John Roca and um, Ken Knapsack. They were touting it, and then we don't hear anything about it anymore. So, and they, they keep pushing more High Republic info and gimmicks and comics and books and this and that. But it seems that people don't really give a shit. I, I think know, the, because I, I, if it's me, but because of the media, sorry, the medium, or if it's because of the fact that they just weren't happy with the sequel trilogy, but uh, people don't care. I, I think it's the, the the fact that everything that's coming out has to be um, 
identity politics and virtue signaling. Politically uh, correct? Not even politically correct or politically erect. It's um, like, for Rob, example, Rob's the cross. We have a fucking rock. That's that's the first thing right off the bat that everyone's pissed off about. A rock, really? Not even a rock creature, just a rock. No arms, no legs, but he's able to fly a ship and no eyes, nothing. Just a rock. At least the rock from Never Ending Story was cool. The rock yeah, creature. Exactly. Um, and then everything that comes out has to do with sexuality and inclusivity. Now, I totally agree having inclusivity is cool and it's warranted. But if it's done right, like we said before, to where it's done to progress the story, not to be done just for the sake of doing it. Yep. Um, and that's the problem. Cool. Everyone's doing it just for the sake of doing it as opposed to doing it because the story needs it. And we have a guy who's a drug addict, and his name is an anagram for I am gay, and he's pansexual, and there's another character twins that are binary, non-gender, trans. something, whatever. And their names are Tarot and Serret, which is the same thing, just spelled backwards, like Tomanic Seymot from G.I. Joe. Which I don't mind. I kind of like the fact these are new characters. They went down that path. Completely, totally different. They didn't mess with any legacy characters. They didn't try to, you know, it is what it is. But the four, like, like we said, we read one passage from a book where they were talking about sex. And it's supposed to be a young adult novel. So it's like, why? There's no, there's no such thing as sex in Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? The most is a kiss that we've seen between... Luke and Leia, between Leia and Han, between uh, the two ladies at the end of episode nine, which was fine. You know what I'm saying? Except but, if you're uh, in one of the Saudi countries where they cut it out. Oh, did they really? Yep. They cut that out and they also cut out John Boyega out of the poster. Yep. And they don't wish African-Americans happy birthday. I love the way yeah, how things yeah. are progressing very nicely from this liberal progressive company that fires Gina Carano. But anyway, we're going down a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down. Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> What's new? Uh, but here's the deal. Now they're quiet. And now they're releasing all this Legend stuff. They released all the Legend stuff on Disney+. Plus. Now they're releasing this, this Disney Detours. Right? The, the Star Wars Detours, allegedly. Um, they're going to release uh, all these new books that aren't new, that are Legend books, but with new covers. They're saying it's the 50th anniversary. Let's do it. Is it because they're not selling? And now they're trying to recruit some scuttle? Like you said, because there's no cost. You don't cost. know how to sell, kid. Back in Monday, the money was in the sell, kid. And then the heat. But um, I don't know. I don't know. This is all speculation. It's all Rumor? conspiracy. Innuendo? Sexual innuendos and Nintendos. Little Sega Genesis. Um, but... It, Wise man once told me when this smoke this fire. Else to the yeah. Um it, it, yeah, is this just like Disney's way of um throwing up the uh you know the big X because someone's hurt? No, well that too. But uh no, throwing up the um the smoke and mirrors to kind of deflect off all the shit that's been happening. I'm like, hey, uh it's like you know, re re release the Snyder cut. It's gonna, you know, get people distracted from the shit that's actually happening, the shit that that that, that they want to take off, you know, take off steam from. I don't know. It's quite possible. 
but whatever it is, uh, it's it's <laughs> it's odd. Yeah, to say the least. Um, just adds more fuel and speculation to this whole civil war, quote unquote, yep. between the two camps. We all know there's no real civil war with fighting and fisticuffs, but we do know that there might be a, a disagreement between ideologies between the two camps. Um, we see it obviously in the product. Um, so who knows? Uh, this is just more, I guess, fuel for the fire. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, more craziness. But let's let's bring it back down a notch because, uh, Doc, I think it's time for that segment that we just came up with a couple shows ago called You Just Made the List. You just made the list. You just made the list. This is a segment where we have a bunch of sites that give us a list of things about Star Wars. We touch base on it. We give you guys our opinions regarding the list. And that's basically it. So, uh, you want to go first? You want me to go first, Doc? I don't care. Shoot, go for it, big guy. So, uh, the best plot twists from every, every movie ranked. So, let's go down the list. Ready? 11, Chewy Fake Out Death, Rise of Skywalker. Good or bad? Um... When I saw it, I'm like, there's no way they did that. And then they didn't let it marinate enough for us to be like, oh, shit, I think they really did that because they showed us what happened directly thereafter. So it kind of fell flat. Gotcha. Unfortunately, I was not surprised uh, because I read the spoilers and the spoilers were true. So I was kind of not read the spoilers. Did not read them. Uh, Sifo-Dyas commissioned the clone army. Who cares? Okay. It was again the, 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 the problem with that was that it was just a line that was said and never expanded on anywhere at any point for us to be like, oh, that's who it was. Oh, that was we knew him from before. Well, we need to know him in the future. It was like, oh, actually, in the Clone Wars, it was a little bit expanded. Yes. But Kylo Ren is Han and Leia's son. In the Force that was Wars. great. I thought that was a fantastic uh, plot point over there. And did we know that going? We didn't. We did not know that no. going. We did not know that going. I, I remember actually, seeing you actually what? I actually thought that Kylo was uh, what's his name? Luke from Skywalker. Rebels. No, from Rebels. Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridger. And when they first showed up in the first scene, when they land and he gets out of the ship, and we have uh, Lars Anteca there. Lars Anteca kind of looks like an older version. Of Kanan Jarrus. And then they started talking. Look how old you become. You know? And then he t- and they, you, you take the verbiage and the dialogue that they use. And you apply it to as if Kanan was talking to Ezra. And it still fits that yeah. narrative. But it, obviously it wasn't. But anyhow. Uh, Star Wars. Um, where is it? Sorry, wrong one. Number eight. Kira betrays Han. Uh, yeah, it was good. That was definitely a, a good swerve in the in the solo story. But again, where'd it go? Where's it gonna go? We need we need we need we need the payoff. Padme's the real queen, Phantom Menace. Yeah, it was it was we knew that was gonna happen. It wasn't like anything was gonna be surprising about that. I mean, she, you got this famous actress that's playing this uh, this part, so she clearly can't just be the handmaiden. I wish she was your handmaiden. Uh, I wish she um, was my handmaiden. Yeah, Luke's. Force projection, The Last Jedi. Loved it. One of my favorite parts of, of any Star Wars movie. Uh, number five is what we're going to talk about from a certain point of view. 
Then Kenobi allows Vader to strike him down. Yeah, that was definitely one of those holy shit moments. Number four, Rogue One. All the heroes die. Yep, well, you know, we kind of knew it, it, it potentially had, you know, a, a, a possibility to happen because none of these characters were ever seen in the, uh, in the, in the original trilogy. So um, did it have to happen? No, but did it happen properly? Correct, yes. Vader's redemption. Loved it. Best word. The Great Jedi Purge, Order 66. We knew, we knew it had to happen at some point. Might as well happen then. And number one? No. I See? Look, just in this article, they misquoted the movie because of the Mandela effect. He has an in quotation marks. Luke, I am your father? No, comma. Luke, comma, no. I am your father. Wow, they blew it. Which which new source was this? Oh, shit. Screen rant. Screen rant. Fuck screen rant. Yeah. All right. Next wave. Let's go. Okay. I got one. Here we go. Here's my list. Top um, Mandalorian. Every major guest performance ranked. Okay. We're going to go over them pretty quickly. Here we go. Number 12. Jake Cannavale as Toro Calcian, who was the dollar store Han Solo on the Gunslinger episode. He was horrible. Terrible. But I think he was meant to be terrible. Was, which was, yeah, he was. He was. He was like the Wish version of fucking Han yes, Solo. Yes, exactly. Uh, Mark Boone Jr. as Ray, Ranzar Ran Malik. Now, that was the guy from Sons of Anarchy who was the one who set up Mando to go. Oh, he was go. great. He was fantastic. Uh, he's a great actor. If you watch Sons of Anarchy, he was fantastic in that show as well, too. He's great in Batman, too. Yep. Uh, ten. John Leguizamo as Gorkorish, the guy who the uh, the Cyclops guy who was sitting next to Mando on awesome. season two, episode one, who was you know trying to kill him after the uh, the wrestling match. Michael Bean as Lang, fantastic job. I thought he did. You know, they actually played... named him. What's his name? Lang, like Clubber Lang, like Clubber Lang. Yes. Um, he played he played the chicken shit heel perfectly. I thought it was yeah. great. Um, Richard Iode as Q9-0. That's the, the droid that was with the, uh, the on the Prisoner episode with Mando when they went to go rescue the, uh, the, the okay. Twilight. He was good. And, and then he made, he made a return when, when the frog lady uh, retrofitted his stuff. I thought he was a great character. Uh, great I was character. trying to get him on the show and he couldn't do it. But anyway, Bail, bailed on. on us. I know. Horatio Sands as the Mithril. The Mithril was the cat. You know, the, the fucking man. Hilarious, so funny. I'm glad they brought him back for that for that part in in, in season two, where he had to you know <laughs> climb the scaffolding and he was complaining <laughs> how the scaffolding didn't really meet OSHA requirements or whatever. That was great. Love that part. Um, Mr. Ro- Mr. Misty Roses as a frog lady. <laughs> whatever. I don't even know Mr. Roses. Who cares? That's um, the one who played Quill too. Oh, uh, she did. That's right. She played Quill. Um, Amy Sedaris as Peli Amato. We talked about her two episodes ago. We thought she was fantastic. Funny character. Great needed levity and brevity in the Mando. Timothy Oliphant as hair as Cobb Vanth. Um, <laughs> just for hair alone, he gets the he gets he gets he breaks in the top four spot. Taika Watiti is IG eleven. We've yeah. praised Taika many, many times before. This is uh, nothing new to us here. Bill Burr as Miggs Mayfield, clearly. Yes. One of the best, if not the best. And who's number one? Shockingly enough, Marky Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Absolutely. Great uh, oddly enough, there was no um, um, Nick Nolte as uh, as Quill. Well, 
I guess you can only fit a certain amount of people on the list. That's what she said. How to watch Star Wars in, in movie order chronologically by release date. Let's see. This is by Collider. I didn't even read the uh, thing. Star Wars movie chronological order. You watch Phantom, Phantom Menace. Oh, just the way they come out. Yeah, so basically, so I'll, I'll give you the breakdown. Basically, they're saying there's three different ways to watch the Star Wars movies. You can either watch them the way we watched them in the order that they came out. So four, five, six, uh-huh. one, two, three, um, and then seven, eight, uh, seven, solo story, uh, eight, Rogue One, whatever whatever that order happened for the, for the Disney stuff. Um, or you could watch them in chronological order, which would be one, two, three. Uh, solo, Rogue One, four, five, six, um, seven, eight, nine. Or you could watch them, which is the the machete, um, the machete called the machete way or the machete cut of the machete thing, mm-hmm. which is basically four, five. So you preserve the um the Vader turn, one, two, three. Six, seven, eight, nine. Which definitely saves you, you know, because if you watch one, two, three first, then you know Anakin is Vader. So for me, traditionally, when I show my son the little guy Star Wars, it's going to be four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I'm going to be the traditionalist on that one, too. You have to be, I think. Uh, And and, and I'm not going to make anybody edit it to take all the, you know, the, the scary parts out. (laughs) <laughs> the um high republic second wave of books are revealed do you want to go down that list i do not want to go down that list who gives a shit oh wow okay um i guess you're right from a certain point of view and speaking of a certain point of view here in new force order we do a segment called from a certain point of view from that really fucked up line obi-wan kenobi gives luke skywalker when he Tells him that he lied, theoretically lied to him about his dad. Um, but though he was a great star pilot. It's when we take a line, a scene. Cunning warrior. Cunning warrior. Cunning linguist. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, you're welcome. Um, where we take a scene, a line, a portion, a script. A part, a motion of a Star Wars universe, a spot in a scene, a spot that at one point we thought meant something or meant nothing, but then when new things come to light, when we think about things, when someone mentions a little tidbit of knowledge, it may mean something completely different from a certain point of view. So, ladies and gentlemen, this week's topic something that fell into my lap. No, not a Russian uh, stripper. That was a story for another time. But um, I saw something, and this was brought into the universe or my wheelhouse when it says, we've all watched A New Hope, episode four. We've all seen the part where Darth Vader has a lightsaber battle with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we all see Obi-Wan Kenobi die at the hands of... Of Darth Vader. Or do we? Dun, 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 bum. What do I mean? Well, very simply put. This 
scene has been brought into the limelight from a new set of eyes, a new point of view. And the point of view being that Vader didn't kill Obi-Wan. He didn't strike him down. Vince screwed Vince. Yeah, he did it for the rock. Um, Obi-Wan relinquished himself and became one with the Force right before Vader struck him down. And this is the deal. The reasoning behind this. Now, you might be sitting back and your mind might get blown. And let's face it. I mean, mind get blown, not catching a BJ. You guys are Star Wars fans. You guys don't get laid. Some of you have never been blown. Exactly. Um, we remember a guy named Yoda, little Jewish green guy, dies in episode six, becomes one with the Force. He just vanishes into thin air as he's laying there. Then we see episode eight, Luke Skywalker. Does his projection from across the galaxy. Whether it's because it put too much strain on his heart physically. Or just him encompassing the force after being. Uh, shut off with, from it. Shut off from it for so long. And it was just too much for him to bear. Um, he relinquishes himself to the force. And fades out of existence. Episode 9. Kylo saves. Ray. And fades into existence. So you see the pattern that's forming here. So lo and behold, another deadly episode. If Vader struck down Obi-Wan Kenobi, he would have sliced and diced him to the point where either Kenobi would have been decapitated or his body would have been cut in half. But no, as soon as he as soon as the saber is about to touch. Kenobi's, he disappears, and his clo his uh, cloak is the only thing that's left, and it falls. Now, same thing happened with Luke. Same thing happened with Yoda. Same thing happened with Kylo or Ben Solo. So you say to yourself, "Wait a minute, why would Ben do that?" Because Ben saw Luke at that right opportune moment, and he told Vader. Strike me down, and I'll be more powerful than you ever imagined. And when he saw Luke, he had that look on his face like, bitch, I got you right now, Vader. You ain't going to mm -hmm. beat me. And he, and he knew that he would be the spark to light the fire underneath the tuchus of Luke Skywalker for him to propel and become the greatest Jedi of all time. Because he felt, and this is doubled down, and not, it could be intentionally or subliminally. It could have been done, you know, just to be done to feed into this or not. But in Rebels, when he kills Maul, he claims Luke to be the chosen one. So if he feels Luke was a chosen one when it was Luke as a little kid, obviously at episode four, he sees Luke come, coming out of the hangar doors. He releases himself. He lets go. And then at the split second, an eyelash later, Vader slashes, tries to slash him. And you know Vader was surprised because he steps on the cloak to make sure that there was nothing there, which is weird. But that is what the premise is. Did Vader kill him? 
or did he give into the force at the right opportune time, at the right opportune moment, to make it seem like Vader killed him, but he let go knowing that he would be more powerful and be the catalyst to set Luke off down the right path. I think it's the latter. Doc, yeah, what do you well, think? Well, interestingly enough, um, you know, when you when you were running down the list of Jedi's that they said, you know, that, that pulled this trick. If you look at how Qui Gon died, he didn't go out that way. You know, he took a saber to the chest and was still around when Obi Wan walked up to him to pick him up, Master, Master, um, yeah, Master, Master, and um, I was just about to do that too. <laughs> he, he he was holding him, and so you know, if if that's what happens to Jedi's, which we had assumed. Went in 77 and then in 83 when we saw the two Jedis that we know die, that when they do die, they just disappear. That didn't happen with um, with Qui-Gon. And it didn't happen with a lot of the Jedis that we saw get, you know, get the uh, the big old dirt nap in episode three. I mean, look at the at the three Jedis that that um, that Palpatine kills in his chamber. None of them fucking disappeared into the force. So. Or any of the Jedi's from Order 66. Yep. So that leaves us with this question. So do you have to master this technique where if you do get killed, that you're able to disappear into the Force? And is that what makes you a Force ghost? Yes. Because the because the three the three that we saw die on camera that became back came as Force Force Ghost, Luke, um, Obi Wan, and Yoda. All returns force goes. Yes, Anakin did eventually. Anakin. Um, so he breaks kind of that, um, you know that 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 rule that we just kind of set forth here. But Doc, can I say something real quick? Yes, please go for it. When he dies, he doesn't fade either. Yes, not not on camera anyway. Mm-hmm. And and we don't know if Luke just buries the suit or he had faded after that. But it seems that he was dragging the body because it seemed pretty heavy. But who knows how much that suit weighs? Anyway, so. So the so so the so the running gimmick now is that Vader didn't even strike him. That Obi Wan Kenobi just relinquished himself into the Force prior to being killed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you think, it, do you think that cheapens the the scene? I I don't think it cheapens the scene. I think it it probably well. I mean, e- either way, Kenobi sacrifices himself. Right. He lifts his saber up in the air in, in a non defensive position to allow vader to kill him so whether he took the strike or he gave himself into the force it's 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 doing the same the same thing um my question is is this now will this potentially be a small little exploration in the in the kenobi series because we have this assumption that we're going to see qui-gon jinn come back and if he comes back it's because he had to, like Yoda said in the past, master that ability. But how, did, how does one master that ability to become a force ghost when you're already dead? Well, here. It was explained in season six of The Clone Wars that Qui-Gon reached out to Yoda and says that someone from the Wills taught him this ability, but he has not yet mastered it to where he can manifest himself in the ghost-like form and it can only be a, a verbal encounter so yes whether or not we hear 
just Qui-Gon or see Qui-Gon in the Kenobi series. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I, if I was a betting man and I'm really not, I would say we would definitely see Qui-Gon's as a ghost apparition in Kenobi series. Yeah. But then it kind of goes against that you, that you have to master this alive to give yourself to the force to become a force ghost. It's tricky. You know, it, it's, it's, because if you're already dead, then how the fuck are you doing anything? Like, you know, your spirit. I get I it. I don't know. I don't know. Listen. That's the only thing. That's the only. That's the only hang up I have about that. And that's and that has nothing to do with with the question that that we brought forth. Did Kenobi do it? I think he did. I think he learned how to do this trick. I think he, like you said, needed to be the spark that pushed Luke over. And speaking of over, and he um was the was will, willingly giving himself into the force and did not let Vader kill him. So I, I think I think it does hold a lot of credence, this uh, this theory. Spiro, what do you think? I mean, since you were rooting for your Sith brethren, what's your take on the matter? Has there ever been, like, uh, an explanation by anybody that works for Disney or Lucasfilms or whatever in the comics or anything at all? Has there ever been an explanation as to what happened that day that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader threw down. Cause I'm still, that's something that I'm still trying to figure out because did, did Darth Vader's lightsaber even come in contact with Obi-Wan that day? Cause it seemed like, like as soon as he went to fucking touch him, he, he was already gone. I don't know. That's how I remember it. Okay. I may have to watch that scene again. Maybe now that maybe now that I'm older or you know seen it for the eighty millionth time, I'll I'll catch something different. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Did he give himself to the force or did he get you know? I don't know. Maybe Obi Wan by that point mastered something you know that that we don't know. I mean, look at what happened with Luke that we all got mad about. Like, yo, what the fuck is this, right? I mean. Maybe that's that. That was the same thing that Obi Wan did. I don't know. You know, maybe he went out the same way. Um, obviously, you know, when when Luke did it, he looked like he he fucking died of constipation. So maybe it's not the same thing, or maybe Luke just didn't master that technique to the degree that Obi Wan did. I don't know, guys. I mean, this is one that I can't really explain because it almost. And again, I would have to watch this scene again, but it seems like it seems like when when Vader went to hit right right at the point of what would have been the point of impact, it almost seems like as if and this is again, I'm I'm remembering it this way. It almost seems as if, you know, the force like it seems like if Vader kind of like how do you call it, overshot a little bit. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but it's 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 as if he he anticipated to hit something but didn't, so he like kind of like went through with it a little bit more than he expected to. I mean, you know, I hope I'm not confusing anybody, but I don't know. You know, the more I think about it, it, it seems as if Obi Wan really did give himself to the Force, you know, sort of a self sacrifice. But instead of getting 
decapitated, he said, you know what, man, I, I want to stay intact, man. You know, I don't want to be a headless force ghost. So I'm going to go with him giving himself over to the force, guys. Very interesting. Very interesting point of view from Mexico. Um, Doc, anything else to add? On this specific topic? Or in Star Wars in general? Star Wars in general. Um, let's see. Uh, Hasbro Pulse a... dropped some new toys? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hasbro, sorry, Hasbro Pulse dropped some new toys. So uh, Don't even ask me what I spent on pre-orders on. Uh... What would you spend on pre-orders? Oh, God. It was like $8.50. Um, $8.50? No, I wish. I wish. Uh, Pulse uh, brought out some new pre-orders uh, for G.I. Joe, for Star Wars, for Transformers, for a bunch of shit. Star Wars-wise, the things that came out, um, they finished up the Bad Batch crew in 6-inch Black Series um, uh, size. They are adding Casca Reeves, which is the Sasha Banks character. Does the um, helmet come off? The helmet does come off, and you see Sasha Banks' face underneath there, which is pretty dope. She gets action figures in two different lines, which is nice. Um, uh, Aura Singh was also announced, too, which is uh, you know one of the the... The movie slash comic bounty hunters that have been more popular in the last 20 years. Um, and then they released uh, some test shots of some new three, three and three quarter stuff, which is going to do the same exact thing that the Black Series did. They're going to dip their toe into the video game, um, expand the universe to do some of the Battlefront, some of the, for, the, the Force. Um, it's that Unleashed. game, Unleashed, yeah, Force Unleashed, and um, some other video games that have come out recently. Do some Stormtroopers, do some, you know, redecos of those guys, um, which some people are happy about, some people are not happy about for other, for various reasons I won't get into. Um, so there's a lot of Star Wars merch coming out. I picked up a few things recently. I got some some more three and three quarter stuff and some Black Series stuff, which we shall go over on Tatooine, which will be good. Very cool. Very a lot cool. of money, a lot of money. A lot of Scott all, man. And yeah, good thing you're making that CNN paycheck. Uh, thank God. Thank the maker. All right, Doc. Let them know where they can find you at. You can find me at Dr. D-R underscore Destroyo, D-E-S-T-R-R-O-Y-O Instagram. Alex Royo MD on Twitter. Alex Royo on Facebook. And please, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, go on demand, CNN. Look up special report, the truth about vaccines, and see my handsome visage staring out windows in blue steel, chilling okay. with my kids, talking about the measles. Well, Spiro, I know you're not going to be on CNN, but let them know where you can find you at. Yeah, man, it's been great. But you can also find me every Friday on the on the Rational Rage podcast on the Rational Rage Network. The show's gone through a bit of an evolution. It's no more, it's no longer a anger-filled rant fest about politics because that shit just does no good to anybody's soul. It just divides us all. So now it's just a show where people come on, they hang out, we have a few drinks, and we talk about anything. On Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiridon, and that's it, guys. All righty. Well, you can find me at Greek Papadon on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. And if you do send me a Facebook request and you're a fan of the show, let me know that you're a fan of the show and not some creeper. And uh, I'll accept your request. You could also go to YouTube. I have a channel 
Creek got popping on. And I have a pro wrestling tea store. Pro wrestling teas slash Greek God Papa Don, where on tomorrow, or actually today, April 14th to the 17th, there's a 20% off sale. Uh, it's called the Pro Wrestling Tea Spring Fling. Use the code Spring Fling and get 20% off your GGP shirts desires. Uh, be the coolest kid in the remote school and uh, enjoy yourself. But most importantly, you can find the three of us together collectively at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter. New Force Order on Instagram. Official New Force Order on the Book of Face. And the email address is newforceorder at yahoo.com. Ladies and gentlemen, just want to attest that this week we definitely made soup salad out of chicken shit. Oh, yeah. Because there was not a lot of news to come out and all the news was kind of whack. But hopefully... Hopefully, we entertained you. Hopefully, we enlightened you. And hopefully, we had a good time and took you out of your misery, gave you some little uh, ray of hope. And Doc, what do they say about hope? Rebellions are built on hope. That's right. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for your time and your ears. But we want you to know that it is our pleasure, our birthright, our duty, and that's right, I said duty, to get Star Wars more over with you and not for us to get ourselves over on the expense of Star Wars. So thank you for this opportunity. We'll catch you at the next show next week. This has been another exciting edition of... The Academy. Just kidding. The new force order. Bullife. Live long and prosper. And that's just too sweet. Henceforth, execute order NFO. Captain, we're caught in some kind of tractor beam. Open a channel! I sense a presence I've not felt in a long time. Nerds! Ah, you again. Look, we're not nerds. If we're nerds, you're nerds. Yeah, right. I'm a Sith Lord, and you're a bald guy in pajamas. Can you do this? No, because that doesn't make any sense. If people can do that, why does anyone have a gun? Oh, uh, because you have to have the reflexes of a Force Master? Oh, so you have to be magic then. That's dumb. Oh, okay, the Force is dumb, but you beaming people all over the place isn't. It's science! We convert a person or object into an energy pattern through a process called demon- Oh, there you go. Yeah, pack your dialogue with bullshit pseudoscience. We don't do that! Sir, we cannot compensate for the gravimetric interference. Not now, Jordy. Oh. I feel like I'm in science class, but I'm getting dumber. You want to talk about pseudoscience? Midichlorines, then! That doesn't count. How about politics? The Galactic Senate, then? Doesn't count either. Oh, great. So tell me, what does count as Star Wars? The Clone Wars cartoon and the original three movies. Except the Ewoks. They're dumb. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Almost as hilarious as Star Trek V. We don't speak of the odd-numbered Star Trek movies. That's weird, because it seems like all you do is talk. Your simple shoot him up mind just can't handle these complex, nuanced Boring. issues. Boring! Oh yeah, your stuff is so nuanced. 
Be nice to Data and don't be racist to aliens. There, I solved Star Trek. It's far more intelligent than your dark side, light side nonsense. Star Wars is like philosophy for children. Yeah, sorry, we have to keep it simple to, you know, move the plot along and have some action. Star Trek has plenty of action. Captain, will you be attending my poetry reading later? God. Data, seriously. The only strong Star Trek character gets his ass kicked all the time. Enough! I won't sit here any longer and be insulted! Ah! Oh, man, the Force rules! Oh, Worf sucks so bad. Yes, yes, very funny, Lord Vader, but I'm afraid that while you were prattling on, we were collecting valuable information about your space station and have detected a weakness. Target the exhaust port! Fire photon torpedoes! Photon torpedoes? What are those, like geek-ass proton torpedoes? Your special effects are lame! That's not the point! Yes it is! Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, 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 bass. Yeah, it's pretty clear. This ain't no small moon, but it can shatter, shatter, and bring your planet doom. It's got that boom, boom, that blow up all. Alderaan chance where Alderaan space was. I helped the Emperor uh -huh. after Darth Maul got stopped. Uh -huh. We know that Sith ain't real, cause even I got chopped. I got a rebuilt body, uh -huh. just raise it up, cause every inch of me is robot from the bottom to the top. Yeah, the No rebels, I'm all about that base.